Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. Parking at SFO is easy when you book online. You can choose dates and times in advance and secure the best rates to make your departure stress-free. Learn more at flysfo.com parking. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Lily Jamali. Imagine a world with no Joshua trees in Joshua Tree National Park. Believe it or not, climate change is now impacting California's deserts, where prolonged hot weather and dry conditions are a way of life. James Cornett is a longtime desert ecologist who's been studying those impacts. He spoke with the California Report about some of his biggest concerns. My research is focused primarily on iconic plants of the California deserts, the Joshua tree being the most uh, significant one, I suppose. But I've also studied Ocotillos in the Sonoran Desert and desert fan palms in the Sonoran Desert as well. And what's alarming to me is that these iconic plants are slowly vanishing from the California deserts. And that's a great concern because these are plants that you see on business logos, um, part of the national and state park information that they provide to the public usually deals with iconic desert plants. And yet these plants are vanishing. You mentioned Joshua trees. You spent a lot of time studying desert plant life in Joshua Tree National Park. As weird as it may sound, could we one day see no Joshua trees in the park that's named after them? I would predict that Joshua trees will be essentially eliminated from the park sometime in the early portion of next century. Right now, we're seeing an annual loss of Joshua trees on our three study sites in the park of around 2%. So you can extrapolate that ahead uh, over several decades and see that if that trend continues, Joshua trees just won't be existing in the park in the next century. On top of that, there's a greater increase in frequency of wildfires. And when wildfires hit Joshua tree stands, that 1% to 2% decrease right now can go up to 75% or even more in a single wildfire event. When you throw in wildfires, you may be looking at Joshua trees vanishing from the park by the end of this century. Are there reasons why trees are struggling so much in these desert environments? What we're seeing are increased temperatures, which results in an increase in evaporation rate. And as more water evaporates, there's less water for the Joshua trees. In addition to that, we're seeing about a 10% reduction in average annual precipitation now in the last 50 years compared with the 50 years before that. So we're seeing higher evaporation rates, less rainfall, and perhaps most importantly, we're seeing a doubling of severe droughts that last three years or longer. And in my experience in Joshua National Park, those droughts are the uh, most important factor for the loss or the death of Joshua trees on my study sites. The potential loss of these trees is huge because they are such an iconic part of the landscape of the Mojave Desert. But what would it mean for the ecosystem? Joshua trees are a keystone species. That is to say, 
there are a number of other species that depend upon Joshua trees for survival, not the least of which would be bird life, uh, red-tailed hawks nest in Joshua trees. There are many areas of the Mojave Desert where red-tailed hawks cannot exist or at least cannot nest because the Joshua trees aren't there anymore and there's no suitable nesting sites. There are a number of bird species like ladderback woodpeckers and northern flickers that drill nest cavities in Joshua trees. As Joshua trees start to disappear from the Mojave Desert, there are fewer and fewer nest cavity sites for those birds. At some point, they will have to vacate those areas because there are no longer suitable nest sites. There are uh, jackrabbits and rodents depend upon Joshua trees as an emergency source of water during drought those animals will actually chew the bark off Joshua trees to get at the moist vascular tissue beneath. I could go on and on, but the loss of Joshua tree has a cascading effect on animal life in the Mojave Desert, such that the diversity and abundance of animals will decrease dramatically with the loss of Joshua trees. There are plenty of climate change skeptics But is there any other explanation for what's happening in the Mojave Desert and Joshua Tree National Park? To the best of our knowledge, based on research that's been done on atmospheric content of carbon dioxide in the last uh, millennia, even more, it does appear that the carbon dioxide content of the atmosphere now is higher than it's been for thousands of years. So based on that, we can extrapolate that uh, we haven't seen this level of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere for thousands of years. And that bolsters the perspective that, in fact, what we're seeing now is unique in, you know, the last geological epoch. Uh, We haven't experienced anything like this. So it's extremely unlikely that there's any other reason for the declines that I'm describing with regard to Josh trees other than climate change. This is all a pretty bleak assessment, as I'm sure you're well aware of. Is there any optimism or any signs of hope? Most of the people that I know that are working in this field are very pessimistic about the the next century and so far as climate is concerned. And I don't know if being truthful to people is the right approach or should we talk about all the things that we can do to improve the environment, that that's the right approach. And I've questioned now whether or not trying to put an optimistic spin on this is the best approach or is the doomsday approach the best one. I don't know. I haven't resolved that in my head, but I, it's hard for me to believe that most people on planet Earth are going to change their behaviors dramatically in the next decade. That is James Cornett, a longtime desert ecologist who is studying the Mojave Desert and Joshua Tree National Park. James, thanks so much for your time today. Pleasure was mine. A young correctional officer. He said it was the most dangerous prison in California. Forced to make a choice, fulfill his oath or back his fellow officers. Recognize the badge of my office. I'm Suki Lewis from KQED Podcasts comes on our watch season two, New Folsom. A story about who gets hurt when the system that promises to keep us safe is bent on protecting itself. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts.
I'm Jason Flom. And you're Maggie Freeling. Hey, Jason. Every day we learn about another person who shouldn't be in prison. 58 years in prison for a crime he didn't commit. So glad you're home. If you want to be part of this work, listen to Wrongful Conviction. The podcast where we hand the mic to innocent people to hear their stories. How do you send someone innocent to prison? Listen to new episodes of Wrongful Conviction with Maggie Freeling and Jason Flom on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And that is the California Report for this Tuesday, July 6th. We are a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Lily Jamali. Support for the California Report comes from Hint. Fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories. In stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org. And Stanford Medicine, protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits. StanfordHealthCare.org slash AdaptingCare. And that is the California Report for this Tuesday, July 6th. We are a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Lily Jamali. Support for this podcast comes from ODC Dance. The world-class company returns for Dance Downtown, March 27th through the 31st, with two electrifying programs and five works, springing from cartoon, the news, and human connection. ODC.dance slash downtown. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. I'm Jason Flom, and you're Maggie Freeling. Hey, Jason. Every day we learn about another person who shouldn't be in prison. 58 years in prison for a crime he didn't commit. So glad you're home. If you want to be part of this work, listen to Wrongful Conviction. The podcast where we hand the mic to innocent people to hear their stories. How do you send someone innocent to prison? Listen to new episodes of Wrongful Conviction with Maggie Freeling and Jason Flom on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.